We're on Yevamos Yedalad on the base 14b2 in the Arzul Gemara. We are in the middle of a brisa. The Gemara was brought down this brisa to bring a proof uh, to the question of did Beis Shammai in the end of the day uh, agree to Beis Hillel practically, even though uh, they disagreed in terms of uh, their positions. They had a disagreement, but Practically, in terms of practice, what should they do? Did Beis then agree to Beis Hillel? Or did he maintain his position even practically and disagreed uh, with Beis Hillel? That was a dispute. That was a machlokas that we had on Omer Aleph on the first uh, side of this page. And the Gemara is now bringing different proofs one way or the other. And so uh, the the Gemara, in, in the last recording, we, we mentioned the first part of the Brisa. The first part of the Brisa says that Beishamah Beis Hillel, in many cases, not just in the case of our Mishnah, but in many cases they have disputes that would impact either on a rabbinic level or on a biblical level, but it would impact um, whether or not if somebody else would go and it's permissible for them to go and marry uh, somebody or it's viewed as though they're currently married. Those are some of the machloksim, some of the disputes that they have. Um, and also, of course, our Mishnah's case, which is a case of the brother-in-law and sister-in-law, do we view that as though there's a mitzvah of Yibam in, in the scenario that's discussed in the Mishnah where it's a co-wife of a relative, there's another wife who's related, let's say it's the daughter of the live brother, and then the co-wife, according to Beis Shammai, there's a mitzvah of Yibam, according to Beis Hillel, if they were to do Yibam, then it would be a severe prohibition, it would be a prohibition with the punishment of Kares because... Uh, there's no mitzvah of Yibam, and it's just a brother-in-law and sister-in-law getting married, which is a uh, severe prohibition of kares. Um, and so the Bryce have brought down all these different types of cases, and they said that because of the concept of Ha'emes Va'ashalem Ehavo, uh, of the love and truth for and the love for truth and peace, uh, because of that, even though they had a dispute, but still they would marry uh, each other. Uh, they would marry um, into each other and uh, there wouldn't be uh, a concern. Uh, as we'll see later on, the reason is that there's no concern is because they would inform each other uh, whether or not uh, the it's, it's permissible for the other position to marry uh, such a person. And even though, according to, uh, according to one position, it's completely fine, but... If they were married into the other position, into the, those that followed the other position, so then they would inform them out of the out of peace and out of respect towards that other position. And that was what the first opinion said. Now comes the second opinion. Rup Shimon says, this is a continuation of the Brisa, Rup Shimon Omer, Rup Shimon says, He says that it's a little more nuanced. He says that they actually did refrain from marrying each other, when it came, when it comes to a vadai, when it comes to different scenarios of the different scenarios that were mentioned uh, in yesterday's recording, if it was a scenario where there's a, a definite prohibition, it's not a question of suffix, of doubt. Maybe there's a prohibition here, maybe there's not a prohibition here. But if if one position was, knew for sure that there was a prohibition here, so then they would refrain from marrying. But if they, if it was a, if it was a, if it was a, uh, a case of suffix. If it was a case of doubt, for example, one example is, let's say they got divorced and then there are witnesses that they were secluded and that there's concern that 
if they had mar- sexual relations, then it's like a, a new marriage, and it's like they're married. They had relations for the sake of marriage, and that itself would be viewed as a marriage. Uh, so then that's really a case of suffix. That's a case of uh, of doubt. Uh, because we're not sure. Maybe it wasn't for the for the purposes of marriage. We just don't know. We don't know if they had relations. It was. It's a. It's a. It's a. It's a questionable situation. Uh, so if it's a questionable situation, so then they would marry each other. They wouldn't stop each other from marrying each other. Uh, it's only a, a case of a definite prohibition where they would refrain from marrying each other. And so the Gemara explains as follows. That's the end of the brayso. And the Gemara says, also it says it must be that Beishamai, in the end of the day, practically really argues on Beis Hillel. Why? Because otherwise, we would never have situations where they refrain. Rabbi Shimon says that they refrain from marrying each other in cases of a definite prohibition. Our mission is a case of a definite prohibition. Beis Hillel really holds. He knows with certainty that it's it's forbidden for the brother-in-law and sister-in-law to get married because because there's no mitzvah of Yibam. So, the fact that it's the Rabbi Shimon says that they would refrain from marrying each other, that seems to prove to us that Beishamai really, in the end of the day, practically argued on Beishelel. Because if he really, in the end of the day, practically said that, you know what, let us all follow Beishelel, so then why would they refrain from marrying each other? It must be that in the end of the day, practically Beishamai really uh, followed his own position. So the Gemara now asks if this is true, Vitisbara, if this is true... Let's say Bishamai really followed his own position. But still, Bishamai says that they refrain from marrying each other. It sounds like Bishamai refrained from marrying Bishamai. And Bishamai refrained from marrying Bishamai. So he says that, I, the Gemara says, I understand that Bishamai refrained from marrying Bishamai because Bishamai would say, that in a case where the brother-in-law and sister-in-law, they, the co-wife of the relative, the case of our Mishnah, if they were to do Yibam, according to Beishamai, it's a mitzvah to do Yibam. According to Beishelel, the children are Mamzerim. The children are Mamzerim because uh, it's a, prohibi- a very severe prohibition. So I understand why Beishelel wouldn't marry uh, into Beishamai because the child is a Mamzer. But for Beishamai, why wouldn't he marry into Beishelel? What's the worst that could happen? The worst that could happen is that instead of doing Yibam, the sister-in-law marries a random person before doing Yibam or Chalitza. For Beishamai, it's a negative prohibition. For Beishelel, it's completely allowed because there's no mitzvah of, of Yibam or Chalitza. But even according to Beishamai, the child is still not a mamzer. It's not a severe prohibition. It's a it's a regular, ordinary, negative commandment, but it's not a severe prohibition and the child should not be a mamzer. So why why would Beishamai refrain from marrying Beishelel? I understand why Beishelel refrains from marrying Beishamai. Worst case scenario, the child's a mamzer. But for Beishamai to marry into Beishelel, the worst case scenario is not that the child is a mamzer. The child would not be a mamzer. So the Gemara answers, The case where Beishamai would say uh, that he wouldn't marry into Beishelel is not for the child. True, the child is not a mamzer. But what we're discussing here is the actual co-wife. The co-wife, according to Beishamai, is not allowed to marry anybody else before she does Yibam or Chalitza, because there's a mitzvah to do Yibam or Chalitza. Beis Hillel is of the position that, no, they could go ahead and marry. So Beishamai is concerned that maybe it's a co-wife who, who follows the position of Beis Hillel. She's going to go ahead and marry somebody who's 
somebody that follows the position of Beishamai, and Beishamai is of the, of the opinion that they're not allowed to get married. Even though it's it's not a severe prohibition, but it's an ordinary, it is a prohibition, it's an ordinary negative commandment, but you're not allowed to get married to that person before they do even more chalitza. So it's not about the kids. True, the kids, the child won't be a mom's there, but it's not about the kids. The focus here is on the actual co-wife. You're not allowed to marry the actual co-wife. Okay. But in the end of the day, it seems to be that this Bryce is a proof that Beishamai really maintained their position, which is why Rabbi Shimon said that they would refrain from marrying each other. If it was a case of, if it was a definite prohibition, they would refrain from marrying each other. So the Gemara now has uh, one or two more questions just related to the Brisa itself, having to do with the Brisa. The, the, and with this, we'll conclude uh, the Daf. Uh, the Gemara asks, Umayishna min avadai disiruhu, sabiknami isiruhu. The Gemara says, asks on Rabbi Shimon. Rabbi Shimon says that they would they would refrain from marrying each other if it was a definite prohibition, but they wouldn't refrain if it was a suffix, if it was a, a questionable prohibition. So the Gemara says, I don't understand. Even in the case of a questionable prohibition, it's true the the circumstances. It's it's questionable whether or not uh, they they actually got got married, whether they they had intention to get married. But in the end of the day. Beishamai has a certain position, Beishillah has a certain position, how to deal with that questionable scenario. But they have their positions, they maintain their positions. If they maintain their position, so one opinion says there's a prohibition here, the other position says that there's no prohibition here, and that's their conclusion. It's true that the case itself is a case which has uh, uncertainty, but the way they pass and the way they rule in the end is that there's a definite rule, there's a definite ruling. So why would they differentiate between a case of Vada, a case where there's there's everything is, is clear in the case versus a case where it's unclear in a case, why would they differentiate between the two? If either way, in the end of the day, they have certain conclusions. They have halachic conclusions. And just like they have a halachic con- conclusions in a scenario where everything's clear, so too they have halachic conclusions in a case where it's unclear and they should refrain in both cases. So the Gemara answers, it doesn't, when Rabbi Shimon said that, he, doesn't, he didn't really say mina suffolk in a case of questionable. You have to change the word. He's saying minastam. Uh, it's saying from from a stam, from a stam case, meaning a case that wasn't discussed, meaning as follows. Rub Shimon is really saying, this is what Rub Shimon's statement was, that they would refrain from marrying each other only when they were informed. When the other when the other position informed them and said that listen, according to me you can marry them, but according to you you can't, so I'm informing you about it. But if they were never informed, they never did their research. They didn't say, oh, maybe they're not telling us because uh, really the child is a mom's heir and, and, that, and, and we have to do research. No, they didn't do research. They trusted each other completely. And they said that we'll marry, we'll marry into each other. We have that trust between us. And it's only in the scenario where they actually uh, come out and they tell us that uh, there's a problem here. Uh, so then we'll, say, we'll understand that there's, a, there's an issue here, that the child is a mom's heir. But if they didn't say anything... We have trust. We have we have the trust that they will that if they didn't say anything that there's really no issue here. Uh, so the Gemara now asks if that's the case, if that's really what Rabbi Shimon is telling us. Rabbi Shimon is really just telling us that uh, they had this trust and respect for each other that they knew that they would inform each other. So that's the same exact idea as the first opinion. Forget about Rabbi Shimon. The first opinion which we mentioned yesterday. The first position, the first opinion essentially said that out of this love and respect for each other, they would inform each other. And that's exactly what Rashim is saying. Rashim is saying that they would inform each other and that if they didn't inform each other, so then we just assume 
that there's no issues here. They had that much trust in each other that if they didn't say anything, that we know that it's perfectly ma- fine to marry each other. So my answer is, HaKamash Malan, Dekula Rub Shemini. The answer is, yes, it's true. The first opinion and the second opinion, it's really all the same opinion. It's all Rub Shimon. And the idea here, which is a beautiful idea, is that they had this trust and, and, and peace and respect for each other that they would inform each other if, according to the other position, there's a, there's a concern here because the child would be a mamzer and that they would inform each other of it. But if if the child was not a mamzer according to everybody, so then they wouldn't say anything. And in fact, they would trust each other that if nothing was said, that we know that there are no issues here. And so they would have this love and respect for each other even though they disagreed with each other, even though they disagreed on very serious issues. On very serious issues they disagreed on, on whether or not the child is a mamzer. Uh, but the, they still maintained uh, that respect and trust towards each other. So that concludes the daf, and we'll continue with the Gemara in the next recording.